From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, how are we? TGIF. If you don't know what that stands for, you have no appreciation for Friday and all that it means. I hope you do appreciate that it's Friday. I hope you had a terrific day and are looking forward to a weekend, whether you're working or not. It really doesn't matter. It's always good on the weekends, no matter what, says the guy who said he'd never work weekends and has for the last 12 years. But anyway... We've got a bunch of terrific guests. Thank you, Chris Smith, by the way. Uh, Simeon Boykov will be joining us as per usual, as will the lovely and wonderful Gemma Cooper. Uh, hence, uh, fourth, Omar Khan, because it's Friday. We always have a chat with Omar Khan. And, of course, Senator Malcolm Roberts will be joining us today as well. Paul McGowan, who is a British ex-military individual. He's going to be talking to us about a bunch of things, including Suella Braverman, who I'll touch upon uh, imminently. Also, John Larter who together with Hoodie, part of Hoodie's heroes, and they are heroes, people that through the scamdemic uh, kept us uh, very much up to date on what was happening behind the scenes, all the things the mainstream media didn't want you to know, and they were out there fighting, fighting on the front lines for your rights during a time where we apparently had none. Suella Braverman finally gave her departure speech after being sacked by Rishi Sunak. And why? Because she's a conservative in a conservative party, who actually tries to be conservative, who brings up conservative issues, such as the only one that should really matter, everything else is a distraction. And let's touch upon the distractions before we get back to her departure. The simple fact is, here we are talking about, we're going to have a heat wave here in Australia, heat wave, they say, 40 degrees over the weekend. I remember 49, 50, even a day where I believe, from memory, it might have been 51 here in New South Wales, Australia. It gets hotter as you go north up towards Cairns, and that's uh, that's a whole different story. But here in New South Wales, which is uh, relatively temperate for most of the year and quite a pleasant place to live, uh, yeah, we have had days, 49, 50, but they're, you know, describing this weekend as a heat wave, 40 degrees, as if it's something brand new. That's what we do in summer. It's called summer, and it's December here in Australia, and we're used to it. We're quite happy about it. And apart from the bushfires and whatnot, it's not really a problem. So here they are telling you we've got climate change, distraction, distraction. Here they are telling you about transgender people and how, you know, they count and how they should be um, acknowledged, despite the fact that I think it is some sort of mental impairment and something that they need help for. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I absolutely, I've got one in the family who is constantly depressed, who is not happy, who has had the trans surgery and that hasn't fixed anything in fact it's made things worse I, i'm led to believe so i think people um we need to if you want to fix a problem if you want to get help for people we have to acknowledge that they have a problem it's not a matter of choice you know it's like being a heterosexual i don't you know i don't choose to only have sex with females it is part of who i am inherently in my dna it's not a it's not a malfunction it is part of our genetic structure part of our our way of life and if somebody differs from that that is all terrific all power to them i have absolutely no problem with that and i say everyone should be allowed to do anything they like but I, what i do have a problem with is when politicians ram down our throat that which a fraction of a percent of people would like to do and have us acknowledge them as and again, distracted from real problems, which takes me back to Suella Braverman. There is only one real problem that we need to tackle. 
And how do you uh, how do you put in order of priority that which we should tackle first? And that would be the problems that are irreversible. That would be problems that we are creating now that future generations shall have to combat for various reasons. And and we we need to combat mass immigration. And not because we're racist. It's not even about race. I think anybody would agree. Uh, I, I would doubt we have a single racist watching or listening to this program. It simply is a matter of numbers. We don't have enough places for you to be. We don't have enough money to spread around, especially in uh, societies that are very generous and have a free healthcare system. We can't handle the numbers. You'll send us broke. You'll send your own grandkids broke. And in the meantime, as you flee third world countries, some of you, you shall be creating one here and henceforth just uh, making more problems for yourself and others. And that is why Sue Ella Braverman, somebody who dared to talk out against mass immigration, especially in a country like the UK, you know, England, it is Australia is 3,081% larger than the UK. We had crippling numbers, up to 200,000 per year of immigrants coming here, and it really has changed the country. It's changes from a very, uh, a country where you knew your kids were going to do okay, where they could buy a house, settle down, uh, raise a family, and now we have doubts. Why? Because this was thrust upon us. We never asked for it. And again, I'll keep saying it. It's not about race. It's not about gender. I don't care who the people are who are coming. We don't have enough room. The UK certainly doesn't have enough room, being so much smaller than Australia, and the money is gone. We are in debt to our eyeballs, and on top of that, they're going to make us pay for things, problems that don't exist. Create a problem, we'll give you a solution, but you and your grandkids are going to have to pay for it, and that is the problem. That is why people like Suella Braverman sacked by Rishi Sunak and um, I'm just absolutely horrified that we've got these terrific people, good people, and a very smart person too. She is a barrister, if I'm not mistaken. And there she was doing the right thing, doing what her job was as a conservative and ousted for doing just that, just like so many of the guests that I have on this program, like Bernie Finn, who was the most active and outspoken person of the Victorian, yes, that horror state, for those of you overseas, with Dan Andrews, he was the most outspoken uh, MP down there, and they ousted him. Why? Because he advocated for unborn children. This is the world that we're living in. This is the duopoly that pretends to be conservative, and I'm fed up, and I hope you are too. And if you've got friends who are still voting and being sucked in by the narrative that it, there is this group and that group, and they are on two different sides, you need to either do one of two things, either try and um, get them educated, tell them that this is not the case, because they are doing tremendous, tremendous harm to you, to this country, and to your grandkids. And if they're not going to listen, I mean, I would suggest, and, and I've done it, um, and I've had it done to me, and I'm quite happy about it, I might add, uh, people who have dropped me as a friend because they don't like the way that I think. They don't like the fact that I face reality and like to tackle problems rather than stick my head in the sand and pretend they don't exist. It's absolutely horrendous, and let's just hope that we can fix that and we fix it pretty darn soon. So why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all of the major platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. You can help us to get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time here at TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
And speaking of people who are fair dinkum, who are conservative, my next guest is my regular guest and co-commentator here at TNT Radio, Gemma Cooper. How are you? I'm very well, Edine. And just hearing you talk about the temperatures and saying that you're heading for a heat wave in, in December. You know, we talk about inversion a lot here on TNT and how the world is inverted. But, you know, geographically, we can't get away from the inversion. And I've <laughs> always fancied Christmas on the beach. You know, I, I live near the beach, but it's going to be a very different beach to the ones that you've got there on the Gold Coast. But um, it just sounds lovely. I feel like getting on a plane and coming out and having Christmas, Christmas down under. I've never hey, been G there and I'd love to come. Jimmy, you would hate me. I live actually on the central coast, which is in New South Wales. I could get in my car and be at the beach in about five minutes from here, a place called Nora Head. It is absolutely wonderful. You'd be mortified to know that I live that close to the beach and I've been to the beach six times in the 12 years that I've been living on the central coast. I know I'm not a beach person. I probably should be. And it's probably some sort of crime that I don't do it. I think it is actually. Yeah, how can you not be a beach person in Australia? Well, it, you it, you are what you are, Dean. You are what you are. It's your freedom of choice to not exercise that right to go to probably New South Wales. I know it's supposed to be absolutely stunning. So you're going to exercise your right to not go to the beach in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Up to you, mate. Up to you. Well, I, I used to trigger. I have lost a lot of weight. I have to say I'm only about 103 kilos at the moment, but I used to weigh a lot more and I think I used to trigger the whale watchers. So I think I've got some some deep-seated <laughs> issues with that at the beach. Go away, leave me alone, and my name is not Willie. Go away. Now, um, <laughs> where would you like to start today, Gemma? Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Well, I mean, overnight, of course, we've had... Uh... I think I think this story, I mean, every Republican in America is about to buy Hunter Biden a drink, I think, or take him out for dinner because he's pretty much just put a nuclear bomb under Joe Biden's re-election campaign. Because, of course, overnight and more details are coming out here in the UK this morning and globally, the federal prosecutors have filed tax charges for a second time against uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, nine indictments saying he evaded to pay at least $1.4 million in tax between 2016 and 2019. So you've got nine charges. There's two, two relating to uh, filing a false return, one relating to tax evasion, four failures to pay and two failures to file. So any other human being on the planet would be, you know, seriously scuppered, bearing in mind, you know, they got one of the biggest leaders of the mafia, Al Capone, on nothing more than tax. You say nothing more than tax. Think of all the murders and the and the crimes yeah. he committed. It's tax where they can really come after you. Now, it's the second time that this has happened. And of course, he faced the firearms charge back in September, which he's also, he pleaded a not guilty plea to that. White House not commenting at the moment. Um, and of course, the Republicans are using these business dealings as a central part of their impeachment inquiry against President Biden. Um, and now, you know, just the, these new charges coming out, they're basically saying that Joe Biden cannot now say, I knew nothing about it. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't profit from the business. I wasn't involved in any of his business dealings. They're saying this is absolutely ridiculous. It's a bit like, you know, when Clinton said to Lewinsky, I, I've never met the woman. I did not have relations <laughs> with the woman, all of that kind of stuff. And then, of course, truth will out. That if DNA, of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We all remember we were, and the cigar and the whole thing. I mean, if convicted Hunter Biden could face 17 years in prison. And of course, the Department of Justice has been investigating him since 2019. It's a considerable amount of time. So much controversy has come out, laptops, etc. But this 56-page indictment, which has been filed in California, uh, is very, very clear. He says, instead of paying his tax like uh, any other regular American citizen should do, or, or anyone in Australia, UK, yeah, he spent the money on drugs, escorts, hotels, rental cars, 
personal rental, luxury apartments, clothes, personal items, insure everything except his tax bill. Um, it's not like he didn't have the money to pay. He received seven million in gross income between 2016 and 2020, willfully uh, refused to pay tax despite having the money because that would have been a defense. You know, I haven't got the money. Let's let's come to an arrangement with the IRS. Um, and he had a substantial income from companies with a Chinese business conglomerate, Ukrainian energy firms. We know about the Ukrainian deals and also in Romania. And they're alleging that as his income increased, so does his, his extravagant, very extravagant and decadent lifestyle, uh, but not your tax bills. Now, the two IRS whistleblowers that uh, testified in Congress uh, in September that Biden should have been charged then with more serious tax crimes, but wasn't because he was the president's son and his last name was Biden. Uh, they say they now feel completely vindicated. They say that eight months ago, we risked our careers and reputations uh, to bring this truth out of the shadows. Um, and this is much bigger than an investigation into one person. It's about equal payment of tax if you're a US citizen. Uh, Biden's attorney has said, you know, if Hunter's last name was anything but Biden, these charges would not have been brought. That's quite an extraordinary statement to say, given the level of, of money we're talking about and uh, allegedly where it went. So, yeah, you know, well, it's come at general, the worst all, possible time. It's also very hypocritical because you could also argue that for Donald Trump, you could argue the exact same thing. And here they are behind the scenes working hard to have that happen. happen. The wheels turning very slowly in regards to this, as you said, 2019 with the laptop, we had social media platforms silencing all of that. We know that as a fact. Now, Elon Musk and uh, former Twitter employees have brought that to the fore. And uh, let's just hope that we have a good result. But one thing that I, I, I have to mention is that here we are saying that this could be a nuclear bomb as far as Joe Biden is concerned. But one thing that I learned, and I learned a very valuable lesson, was when I spoke to Tara Reid here, one of our you know, fellow commentators, who historically had some claims against Joe Biden, sexual allegations, and even her own friend, when asked by 60 Minutes Australia when being interviewed, said that regardless of the fact that I acknowledge and believe that this happened to my friend Tara, I would still vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. And that to me, and, and I, saw, I see your eyebrows, and as a woman, that must trigger you 10 times as much as it does me, because I could not believe that, but it taught me such a valuable lesson about the left. They don't vote for anybody. They absolutely vote against those who they have been programmed to hate. So with all of that coming out, and even though that could implicate people such as Hunter's dad himself, the simple fact is they don't care. They will always vote against Donald Trump. I hope that is not the case. I hope that we have a significant amount of numbers and the the, the mules don't get involved next time around. But let's just pray that we get a, a solid outcome because many people describing this in America as the last chance for America. So let's see what happens. Well, it's interestingly, as a result of this, it's now 60% of Americans say, you know, Joe was involved. Simple as that. Um, this is what this this is this is kind of triggered. So if this 60% continues to rise as the result of more revelations coming out and what actually ends up being said in court, um, like I say, a lot of Republicans today uh, in America will be thinking about, you know, taking Hunter Biden out for a drink and going, cheers, mate. You've done more <laughs> for our election cam you've done more for our election campaign than all the millions of dollars we've spent, you know, and it, it's the timing could not be worse, could it, for the Biden? administration. No.
Well, he, and it couldn't be better for the likes of Donald Trump. And, of course, he's someone that won't say no to a drink and possibly a whole lot more. He's proven that. Uh, we've got some video of that, too. We won't play it today, but we certainly have all seen it. Uh, Gemma Cooper, thank you. You'll be joining us again next hour here at TNT Radio, and I look forward to it. Me too. Thank you. Everyone stick around. We're going to be talking to the Aussie Kozak, a whole bunch to talk about here at TNT Radio. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, WEF spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around so that's not really taking off the way they want to either and then she said something very interesting she said you know what when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time you'll know all about it so maybe you know we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative could this be what it is locked in Loaded with Rick Mon on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. And welcome back to the program. We're going to be talking to my next guest, a regular here, here and a co-commentator. We are talking about Simeon Boykov, the Aussie Kozak, a true champion fella. And something, uh, first I'll say g'day. G'day, Simeon. How are you going? Good to be with you again. Mate, always an absolute pleasure. Something I heard today, and it's something, and we'll just talk about it broadly. Uh, certain politicians in America saying that if we don't get more funding to go and fight in the Ukraine against Zelensky, we will get your children, we will, con you know, conscript them, have them go over and fight this war instead. And it goes to show how little they think of the lives of Amer Americans, Australians, any of us, you know, countries, and they would literally go and do that, wouldn't they, to protect their assets. And it really is about protecting their assets. It's not about doing a, a just thing. It's not about being righteous. It's about their assets being protected 
over in the Ukraine and taking on one of the world's most prominent military forces. And again, many of us, yourself, myself included, who would be on the side of Russia. Absolutely. Could you imagine, um, you know, if, if they came and said, you know, my son is now 15 in three years, he's going to have to go and fight against the Russians. A, no, if anything, he'd be fighting for them. And certainly made, at that point, you would realise that whoever would force that on you, they're the real enemy. Somebody who would force your children to go and fight an unjust war on their behalf, certainly not in your own interest. I mean, that themselves would uh, declare them to be your leaders to be the enemy, would it not? Well, look, in a commentary on the Russia-Ukraine situation, if you want to hear me talk about that, tune in tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on TNT Radio, uh, because we have a war of our own on our hands in Australia, and that war is the war against Albanese. Uh, the country is standing up and fighting back, most notably including the mainstream media, who have just exploded a tirade of attack on Albanese and his government today. Uh, One Nation, and I know you're not particularly uh, maybe fond of them, maybe you are fond of them, there may be a bit of history there, but One Nation, I have to give them credit that Pauline Hanson uh, this week in the Senate uh, stood up and proposed a vote of no confidence in the government, saying that it's the worst government she's ever seen. And I think many Australians would agree with her. And Credit to Pauline Hanson for saying it how it is. She's never been a person who is afraid to uh, tell the parliament what the people are really thinking. Uh, Unfortunately for the rest of Australia, uh, the proposal to make a vote of no confidence in the Albanese government was voted down uh, by, of course, Labor, the Greens, and doormat David Pocock. Now, that David Pocock, that independent, he gets it wrong on everything consistently. Uh, But what I want to say about this situation is that we're looking around at a alternative to the government and the media is pointing at Dutton and they're obviously grooming Dutton to become the next prime minister. I think that would be a disaster. It would be even worse. I agree. Dutton is a lunatic. He's, he's obsessed with tyranny. It's under Dutton that all these laws were brought in, identify and disrupt all these anti-freedom of speech laws. Dutton, uh, as previously in his role as a uh, in charge of all the agencies and intelligence agencies. He's a person who's obsessed with power and cracking down on freedom of speech. So we can't have Albanese. We want to get rid of him. We do agree on that. But we can't give a free ticket to Dutton to walk through the doors of parliament and become the prime minister. He doesn't deserve to be. The liberals do not deserve to be. And now it's the the fault of the minor parties. You have to say it's One Nation's fault. It's UAP's fault. It's Liberal Democrat Party's fault. And in particular, it's the leadership of those parties' fault. They have got to get their act together. You've got to give the people a choice. If we see, and don't just start campaigning two weeks before the election or two months before the election or six months before the election. I like that Pauline Hanson has made a challenge to the government now, early on. Well done to her. Of course, there's an election coming up in Queensland shortly. But I think we really need to push our minor party uh, leadership, all of them, and really, they've got to rise to the occasion. If they need help, put your hand up. Ask for help. There are plenty of people who will come on board and help because we need to stop the Liberals. We need to stop Labor. Both of them are no good. We also have to stop the most important uh, rising uh, elephant in the room, which is the Greens. The oh, Greens yeah. are the ones that are capitalising on everything. And it's the Greens that are now turning on Albanese because the Greens love Palestine and they're really going against Albo for his support of Israel. So traditionally, Albo... Labor had the support of the Greens. And unfortunately, Labor voters will be going away from the Greens and they'll be switching uh, to uh, 
to promoting themselves, providing the greens without Labor also doesn't help us at all. Although the Greens uh, were the only party who voted against this citizenship bill that was passed two days ago in the Senate, uh, credit to them for that, but that's not because they're worried about <laughs> foreign influences. That's because they're worried about refugees, so they've got and, their own reasons And, Simeon, it's very much like that old adage, even a stopped clock gets it right, you know, twice a day. And occasionally you, you and I do and will agree with the Greens. Something that the Labor Party wasn't smart enough to do is any Conservatives would realise, you realise and I realise, um, that the Israel-Palestine issue is one that will divide the Conservatives right down the middle. Hence why I've been very quiet. I haven't shown, you know, which side I, I have a preference for and I won't. Do it because I, I don't wish to divide my audience. I'm not about division. I'm all about unity. But the simple fact is the Labor Party wasn't smart enough to realise that. And uh, as a result, they're going to lose a lot of support. They lead, they needed a lot of help already. And, of course, people such as Peter Dutton showed his true colours back during the referendum at the No campaign. Absolutely piss weak is the way I would describe him and certainly not leadership material no matter which way you look at it. No, well, Dutton was encouraging people not to attend no rallies, but yet he took the credit for the no victory when it was the people <laughs> on the ground doing the hard work and the private sponsors, they know who they are, the private people in their private capacity who were funding the no campaign. The yes campaign got copious amounts of funding from government and government think tanks and Aboriginal uh, pro-government, government-funded groups. But of course, the Fair Australia campaign was funded by private individuals. They know who they are. The government knows who they are. Dutton, Patterson, uh, all of those grubs uh, from the Liberal Party actually told people don't campaign for the no campaign because although they had to say no, they were closer to the no than the yes, they didn't want to show too much opposition to the government. This country has a big problem. It's got a cancer to disease. It's called the two-party system. And nothing's ever going to change. Today, Albo, tomorrow, Dutton. After that, they'll bring another Albo back. And it's all a show until we can stand up and break the chains of the duopoly. And this is a, a appeal to the minor parties. You have to get your act together. You have to put in hard people. You've got to go hard. You've got to be serious. You have to treat this as a military approach with military discipline, military organisation. You can't just hope for the best on the eve of the election, send out some core flutes and, and expect to get a result. You're not going to get one. So well done to Pauline Hanson from One Nation uh, for pushing forward, proposing a vote of no confidence in the Albanese government. I think it's significant. It's significant that uh, that's happened. And it's significant that the mainstream media have completely turned against Albanese right now. They're usually uh, supporting uh, the major party, whichever one it is in power. But they've obviously turned around uh, to Dutton and they are grooming him as Albanese's successor. We've got to stop both of them. We've got to stop Liberal and Labor Dean. Uh, let's hope something can happen. I'd be happy to get involved. Uh, but I'm locked in the consulate. Uh, I don't know if I can uh, run for <laughs> yeah. the election, but I can certainly support and I can certainly be involved. So uh, minor parties, you know my phone number, and get it from TNT Radio, 1-800-670-310. Let's see who's got balls in politics in Australia and who's got the balls to take down Liberal and Labor. Hey, good on you. And of course, the accolades and the well-deserved accolades that you gave to One Nation, I can guarantee you that they're aware of it because I've got Malcolm Roberts um, on hold to talk to him after the break as well. He, he would have just heard that. So thank you, Simeon Boykov. Have a terrific weekend. Of course, you'll be joining TNT Radio tomorrow afternoon or early evening. And uh, I would invite everybody to tune in, make it a regular thing. And of course, if you miss out, you can go onto the episodes page on the TNT Radio website and you can get um, download all of his podcasts going back to when he started which was about a year ago. Uh, thank you, Simeon, and we'll talk next week. 
Thank you, Dean. Regards to Senator Roberts. Love his work. Thank you. He's a good fella. Should be Prime Minister, this fellow one day. It would be absolutely phenomenal. We'll be talking to Malcolm Roberts right after the break. Stick around. The news you need when you need it. Oh, you have a deep voice. TNT. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Hunter Biden has been indicted on felony tax crimes. The first son accused of splashing millions of dollars on his lavish lifestyle rather than paying his taxes. Radio host Alex Jones has dropped a bombshell, claiming President Joe Biden's cognition has deteriorated to a point where the Commander-in-Chief is now walking around the White House naked, not knowing who he is. And a date has been set for Russia's presidential election, with voters to head to the polls in just 14 weeks' time. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Wow. <laughs> I was talking to a studio in my in-ear uh, earphone and i could have sworn that i heard matt boylan say somebody was walking around the white house naked please tell me that wasn't joe biden and please tell me that they have no intention ever of providing video proof of that should that be the case but uh i don't know who that was walking around the white house naked maybe someone in chat could tell me because i was i didn't hear that uh, a bunch of you in the chat chris is on there mazzy as well jock and uh somebody i think it was mazzy asked earlier about me yeah would i <laughs> Dean, would you use your car for a five-minute drive to the beach instead of walking? Well, okay, it is a five-minute drive to the beach. It would be a 25-minute walk to the beach. Would I walk 25 minutes? Yeah, I quite often walk an hour a day, although if I'm honest, I haven't done that for a few months. Um, but I've got an electric bike, and I don't mean electric motorbike, I mean electric push bike which um, I quite like. They're very good. Now, I know a lot of you listening will be rolling your eyes. I don't know why so many conservative people have an aversion to electric vehicles. I've got a mate who's the biggest petrol head you could ever imagine. His number plate is 9-T-I-M-E-S, nine times, which, of course, for those of you who are car racing or motor racing fans, you will automatically know that refers to Peter Brock winning uh, Bathurst nine times, a record still that still stands. And he just bought a new BMW. He can't have his Holden Commodore anymore because Holden's gone. Uh, yeah, Holden's gone. And um, and as a result, he's been given a Tesla to drive around. And I'm going to get him on to talk about his view on that. We have Senator Malcolm Roberts, and I think we fixed his audio issues. An absolute champion fellow. And um, we'll see if we've got him clearly now. Malcolm Roberts, can you hear me? I can hear you, Dean. Can you hear me? I can hear you, mate. How are you? And more importantly, I can see you, mate. Always terrific to do that. And you make my weekend every time you come on on a Friday afternoon. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's good to be with you again, Dean. Mate, you, you may have missed it. I know you were having some audio issues, issues, but uh, um, well, we're just talking to Simeon, uh, the Aussie Kozak, and he just gave uh, Pauline Hanson and your party a, a big rap, a well-deserved rap for a whole bunch of things, and keeping Anthony Albanese very honest as well. I think that's always a beautiful thing to do, mate. Lots to talk about. Where would you like to start today? Well, how about we talk about what happened in Parliament last week? Go for it. Okay, uh, the, the Albanese government, people need to know that the Albanese government is the government in the lower house only. In the Senate, the upper house, it's a, it's a government that's comprised of Anthony Albanese's Labor Party senators, plus the Green senators, plus Teal Pocock or Teal uh, Senator David Pocock, and sometimes Jackie Lambie thrown in. What these people do is they hide debate, they guillotine debate, 
They, they hide uh, orders for the production of documents. They make it very difficult to hold the government accountable. We had bills introduced, significant bills introduced, and either not, not ready at all. The government introduced the water amendment to the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. And in the lower house, Dean, uh, the, this is the week before, they made 30 amendments of their own bill. Then wow. when it came to the Senate, the Labor Party government made another 20 amendments, so 50 amendments to their own bill. So it wasn't ready, lack of consultation. Then by the time you had the crossbench and the Greens amendments, we had 59, sorry, yeah, um, 69 amendments altogether. Wow. I mean, this is bloody ridiculous. Yeah. And then they introduced the, um, uh, what was it now, the nature repair bill. Could you imagine the arrogance of thinking they're going <laughs> to repair nature? <laughs> yeah, let's and, take and, on uh, nature. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, let's fix it. Uh, and so what, what, they, what they did there, uh, the Greens the week before said, we're opposing this bill. So all of a sudden the Greens changed their mind and they're supporting it. Then we find out that Anthony Albanese had, well, the Labor Party had agreed to, to amend the EPBC Act, Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, something like that, right? That, that act wasn't even, that, that is an existing legislation. It's not even in the Senate. It's already passed a lot years ago. Yeah. It's been in use. The Greens wanted to amend that to suit their own needs, and it was brought on with just half an hour and an hour's notice, no time to read anything, uh, and they changed another piece of legislation outside the Senate. Wow. So that's how they're running the car. And then they brought in the uh, uh, ident identity validate, uh, verification bill, which yep. is the precursor to the uh, digital identity bill. And they brought that in with very, very little notice and hardly any debate. So, again, they truncated it. So the Greens, Pocock and the Labor Party and sometimes Jackie Lambie get together and they guillotine, which means they stop debate. So you, there were some bills that went through with hardly any debate at all. No one, no one spoke about anything to do with the bill. Then they brought in the, um, the, the Industrial Relations Bill. Now, get this. That was brought in and they've got... Uh, seven pieces of, of uh, ch seven changes that are really good okay and we support them yeah but they're wrapped they're wrapping around two pieces that are just vile and not needed and they did basically to give uh the union donors a payback for for keeping the labor party in power with the donations yep. so jackie lambie and, and david pocock combined and, and had the crossbench support and we managed to take four of those attractive pieces out and pass them through the Senate and send them back to the House. Now, the Labor Party said that was wrong because they needed urgent attention. Well, we passed them, passed them now. And they sat on it and sat on it and sat on it. Initially, when it was all introduced to the Parliament, we said, let's consign it to a committee so we can investigate it properly. It's really significant legislation. The Labor Party said, no, let's vote on it. So the, the Senate won, we can send it to a committee. When we sent it back to the House of Representatives, the four pieces, right, the, the, um, the, the government under Burke, Tony Burke, said they wouldn't pass it straight away because it needed to come back from the committee. My goodness, you know. Oh. And then Burke, Burke just cannot be counted on to tell the truth. So then, um, then all of a sudden they did a deal with, with Pocock and Lambie and they brought it back, basically the, the significant parts of the bill, and um, they just rammed it through with minimal debate uh, and then it was guillotined. And, and just shoved through. 
despite Tony Burke saying it had to come back from committee. It won't come back from committee till early February. None of the none of the pieces of legislation are due for enacting between now and uh, and July next year. So there's just one series of lies after another, misinformation, deceit, uh, and truncating of debate. So you you're not actually you think you've elected representatives to go and debate for you in Parliament. Not on because the Labor Party, the Greens, and Pocock uh, shut down debate. Not only that. They shut down orders for production of documents. The Greens used to almost always support orders for production of documents against the Morrison government. But with the Labor Party, they're, they're shutting it down and not supporting those orders for production of documents. So it's very difficult to get documents out of the Labor Party. There's so much collusion and hiding. And clearly the Labor Party and the Greens are in coalition to run this country into the ground. It really is horrific. And, you know, you'd be aware over in the UK, they're about to say, make the same mistake post-COVID when they come up to their general election as we did here at a time when you think conservatives would be at the fore when it comes to the voters choice it seems to be the other way around I don't get it it has to get really bad before it gets any better and I can't imagine it could get much worse Albanese's numbers at the moment being absolutely horrific and uh, let's just hope that that's remains the case coming up to the next election and some people do wake up when they realise what their uh, voting choices have bought them over the, the current period. Mate, something I cannot get my head around, I'm currently paying uh, above 8% on my mortgage. I'm very fortunate I owe next to nothing on my mortgage. I can imagine that young people looking to buy a house, typically about a million dollars, take away their 20%, you know, deposit, let's say $800,000 at 8%. Maybe they can get a sweetheart, you know, honeymoon deal for five and a half percent if they're lucky. Despite all of that and the interest rates likely, I'm led to believe, to go up another quarter point um, next time. What's really unfortunate is that house prices are continuing to grow. I don't understand it. I do get how a Ponzi scheme works. And, uh, mate, we're really in dire straits when it comes to our young and the, the prospects of them ever owning a home here in Australia. You're absolutely right. Um, what, what In any market, mate, it's supply and demand, that the two factors that drive the prices, supply and demand. The supply side, we have 2.3 million people on additional visas. That's not including tourists. 2.3 million. Those 2.3 million people are fighting with the Aussies to get a roof over their head. So that's where the, the demand side has gone up, has taken off crazily. Now, Anthony Albanese, I think, has brought in 670,000, issued 670,000 student visas. There are only 100,000 student beds in the country. Wow. So you can see what, so what they're doing is their students are moving out into the, into the um, non-student market and taking up housing. Then we've got tourists coming in and, and because the prices are so high, they're looking for Airbnb, Airbnbs are forming to look after tourists. And so that's taking stock out of the, out of the, uh, out of the residential supply. So what we've got is a huge demand increase. We've had record immigration, never been this high before, not even close. Uh, and then we've got supply constraints because of things like the, the regulations affecting builders, the shortage of supply material. So we've got also we've got foreign buyers who own properties and lock them up in this country. Now, the Chinese can buy property here, but we can't buy property in China. So what we, what we need to do is to cut immigration to where it's zero net. In other words, if 70,000 people leave this year, we only let 70,000 in until the infrastructure catches up, until the housing catches up, until the services catch up, education, hospitals, schools. Uh, so that's what, what we're saying. We need to 
cut immigration down to net zero net zero net. I uh, need to stop the purchase of, of farm farm buyers owning homes here. We need to uh, increase the uh, supply, not by bureaucracy, which is what Anthony Albanese's done, which will make it worse, but by freeing up the freeing up the supply of land and and tradies. We need to just let the builders of this country get on with the job. Yeah, and of course, One Nation. I mean, uh, you know, built their reputation, which is outstanding, based on warning people about this more than two decades ago. And here we are, you know, where we're finding out that uh, all of Pauline's predictions are coming true. We're at a point now where we've got nowhere for these people living, uh, living up there in Queensland. You must be absolutely sick of Palaszczuk getting on social media and saying, hey, we've just built X amount of, of uh, you know, social housing. And uh, again, this is something that, you know, your grandkids and my grandkids are going to have to pay for rather than suggesting that we live in a country where we can all have jobs and pay for our own homes, which would be the ideal outcome. There she is putting Band-Aids and ignoring the actual problem. It's a shame. But fortunately, we have people such as yourself, uh, Senator Malcolm Roberts, Pauline Hanson and co at One Nation uh, fighting the fight for us and keeping it real. And you're one of uh, very few out there as far as parties that are doing that, very, very few parties. And let's just hope that with these record numbers of uh, of immigrants coming to the country at the moment and at our economy and our housing market pretty much on the border of breaking, you know, uh, let's just hope that people wake up real soon, certainly by the next federal and state elections. Well, mate, it's broken. I can take you right now, uh, if you were up in Brisbane, I could take you right now to the banks of the river in West End, in uh, South Bank, uh, the Botanical Gardens, North Quay, and show you where people are living in the capital city of Bris Brisbane in tents. Wow. Musgrave Park, people living in tents. Well, I can take you to Gladstone, a, a major regional town on our coast, a major shipping port, um, and people are living in tents in the showground. I can take you to Bundaberg and show you people living in tents, people living in cars, people living in caravans, in parks in the city of Bundaberg. And the same thing is happening in many areas of, of Queensland. People sleeping under bridges. This is, this is becoming a third world country under policies like Anthony Albanese's. Record immigration. And you know why they're doing that record immigration? Because what happens is our country, it would be in recession if it was, you know, a recession is defined as having two quarters of negative growth in a row. We would have that, but for one thing, we've inflated the, de the demand for cons uh, goods and services, and that has increased the gross domestic product simply because we've increased the number of people buying things. So if you took that Im record immigration away, we would be in, in recession. So what the government is doing is hiding that recession by flooding the joint with more, more, more people. So we've got a, a double whammy then. We've got more people on top of an already stuffed economy. And Malcolm, I, I think I would speak for many. I, I say bring on the recession, the one that we have to have, just so that our grandkids don't have to uh, combat something far worse in the future. Mate, you warned us, Pauline warned us, and you're there still fighting for us. And uh, let's just hope that the Australian public is smart enough to take note and remember this every time they go to the ballot box. Senator Malcolm Roberts, the man who I would love one day to be Prime Minister of this country. Let's hope they do wake up. And uh, mate, I thank you for fighting the good fight and for coming on TNT Radio. Thank you for making, making a voice in independent media, mate. It's the, it's the only alternative we have to the mouthpiece media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm Roberts. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back after this with Omar Khan. Stick around.
De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. It's fascinating listening to people talk about the whole climate situation. Last night in the debates over here in the United States, Virg Ramaswamy, I hope I have his name pronounced right. After all, if you look at my last name, you don't want to pronounce wrong, right? But in any case, he echoed what I wrote in my book about this whole climate change situation and the fact that COVID was a warm-up for eventual climate lockdowns. And I was listening to Alex Epstein yesterday, who I think is just spot on right, and he was saying the same kind of things that I've been saying over the years. You see, we all understand that even if this is a problem, it can't be that bad a problem since we have 128 the climate deaths that we did in 1930 with four times the amount of people. In any case, Al Gore, who I've talked about before, could be one of the biggest sanctimonious hypocrites, along with John Kerry, that you're ever going to encounter. He says that the agreement to phase out fossil fuels would be one of the most significant events in the history of humanity. And it would be, because it would lead to mass death among a lot of people. It would lead to, at the very least, the fact that you will not have the freedom to do what you're supposed to do. And of course, we have John Kerry. How rich is this? A guy that got a D in geology in college says, we've got to do what the science tells us to do. Well, science doesn't say anything because it's an eternal search for the truth that is constantly being challenged and upgraded. But these two, I don't know what I should call them, Capatost in Italian, they are very dangerous people. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. A year ago, I couldn't afford the rent anymore. I had no support and I was out of options. I had to sleep wherever I could. I thought, am I gonna be out here on Christmas day? Your urgent donation of £29.73 could help make this Christmas the first day of someone's life beyond homelessness. I'm so glad crisis was there. I could finally get warm. <laughs> I had someone in my corner. I got something for you. This Christmas, I'm here home because my first day at crisis was my last day on the streets this christmas thousands more people across the uk will be facing homelessness we urgently need your donation search crisis at christmas or scan the qr code to give 29 pounds 73 now telling it as it is this is the dean mackin show on today's news talk radio tnt and welcome back, TGIF. Thank God. It's Friday. Don't you love Friday? Looking forward to a very hot weekend here across Australia. I don't know what the weather is going to be like wherever you happen to be listening or watching from, but I hope it's terrific. It is really, really hot here at the moment. And I have to admit, I was listening to uh, <laughs> to Katie Hopkins the other day, who always has a bit of a crack, if you will, at the weatherman. It's the only weather you got. And he's terrific. And she made a good point. He seems very low, low energy. Low energy. Maybe I'll I'll take over. It is the only weather you got. 
and uh, look after it because the weather looks after you. Well, most of the time it does. Anyway, I'll tell you someone who looks after us here at TNT Radio. That is my regular Friday guest, Omar Khan, a man who is a global consultant, a man who is right across everything across the board and uh, always his commentary absolutely spot on as we come to expect here of a Friday afternoon. Omar Khan, how are you? And yourself? Excellent, my friend. Uh, lots happening at the moment and on a global scale, a lot of these leaders, a lot of turmoil, turmoil. but I'm guessing uh, we can start with uh, Trump and old mate Boris, if you want to start there. These two pinheads have been bloviating up a storm. Um, Boris um, was, you know, was in front of this weird inquiry you have going in the UK um, which is whitewashed central, it seems. Yep. Um, and uh, now, you know, this is a fellow who has a background in writing and editing. So you would think he can be coherent when he wishes to be, uh, Boris. Um, I have this quote, and if you uh, indulge me, I'm going to read it to you and see how edifying you find Please it. Do. I think that what we all need, so I think that the, you asked of the lockdown work, do I believe it worked? I do. But as a layperson, I would like that. And I saw the Royal Society study on this. But I think Chris had a hand in generating. It was very interesting. But I think we need to understand with a lot more granular clarity exactly what these NPIs deliver. Wow. The, I mean, is that not verbal muesli of a high order? <laughs> I mean, the, it the, absolutely the, is, yes. So the translation of that, as somebody suggested, is that the Royal Society Review was based on poor quality observational evidence. And three years later, we have no idea whether NPIs work. Sure. I mean, but he can't say that, of course, uh, or that the people in the room aren't up to it. Um, and so this is the kind of, you know, froth. Um, here's another quickie, and then we'll move to Trump. Why, why were you suggest in response to my question that these criticisms were made because people were crushed with anxiety and racked secretly with self-doubt and self-criticism. Whatever the psychological mood of Sir Patrick Valance, Mr. Cummings, blah, blah, blah. Translation, my top advisors were panicking and freaking me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. And, and so, I mean, you can tell that when a man with his rhetorical chops has to fumble and bumble uh in this way almost like a carnival busker you know trying to then you know there's something awry yeah now trump never been accused of being articulate eloquent nuanced uh or anything of that ilk um he has been saying how proud he is of operation warp speed oh god no yeah exactly i mean he's warped maybe yeah. he means operation warped speed it's a massive uh, chink in his armor. It's one thing that a lot of conservatives who uh, initially, and I was one who did it on commercial sure, radio, sure. I said, I said he's far better than Clinton, obviously, but I yeah. think he's a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And when it comes to one of the biggest issues of our time, which was encouraging people, especially at that level in America, to put their arm out and trust something that hadn't been tested, and there he was rolling it out at warp speeds. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that he did that. Well... The, um, you know, it, it's quite funny. The program has protected vaccine companies from almost all lawsuits. They do claim to have a program to compensate victims from vaccine harm, 
But apparently it's a black hole of bureaucracy. 12,000 claims have been filed. 10,000 only decided and only eight payouts so far. And this How do you like those numbers? This money is coming from the pharmaceutical companies or from the American government? Which one? Oh, the American government, of course, pharmaceutical yeah. companies. Will I should have known companies. better than to ask. Yeah, correct. Um, but then the two candidates, Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis, they, in the recent debates, uh, hit hard. They said people who have been harmed by those vaccines deserve accountability. They cannot be forgotten Americans. Um, you should... The former chairman of the FDA, the commissioner of the FDA, ended up on the board of Pfizer. Nikki Haley did deals for Boeing and ends up on the board of Boeing. I mean, so there should be some basic principles banning that. And, you know, Ron DeSantis said they put it out. It was experimental. People wanted it. And then they started mandating something that only had emergency use authorization as an experimental treatment. How wow. do you mandate an experiment? And now he stopped that in Florida, um, and he's saying that if he gets in, he's going to go clean house, CDC, NIH, FDA, but he really would need to clean house farther, right? FBI as well, and others who have Keep been... Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, who does he not go in clean house uh, <laughs> regarding... I mean, it, the swamp is not just D.C. It's all of the satellite agencies yep. that have been infested with acolytes, yes-men, and cow towers. Um, so um, I think that the, um, you know, when you think about it, not only were they just under emergency use authorization, but that's why they had to smear HCQ and ivermectin uh, and doxy and vitamin D or say they didn't work because you only got the emergency use authorization on the premise that there was no alternative. Yeah, there were it, many it, it simple alternatives. Them, it suited them down to the ground. Uh, something that wouldn't suit anyone down to the ground would be if you were Joe Biden uh, with what's come to light as far as Hunter and those charges against him. They've been a long time coming. 2019, this should have happened. We had people in social media at the highest levels of government influencing social media, getting them to sit on stories. Uh, I think that they were the ones who influenced the last American election, I think Donald Trump would be sitting in the Oval Office right now had it not been for social media sitting on some of this. But uh, it's slowly the wheels of justice are turning. Uh, how do you see this uh, panning out? Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting that uh, immediately when Matt Taby released Elon Musk's Twitter files exposing censorship of Hunter Biden's laptop story, for example, yeah. Um, they attacked immediately. Taby was given access to the documents. He started publishing excerpts, uh, internal Twitter emails showing staffers removing tweets, showing, wow. for example, a nude Hunter Biden at the behest of the 2020 presidential campaign. And immediately MSNBC wrote to the rescue, the Daily Beast, calling him uh, to account for journalistic malfeasance. How those words don't curdle in their mouth. <laughs> yes. You know, is it, it, to me just uh, utterly fascinating. Um, but this stinks. It stinks to high heaven. And, you know, Musk, again, not one to mince words. Uh, he criticized that rather than admitting they lied to the public, the rest of the media. Yeah. They, they're trying to claim in, in Mr. Musk's immortal words that it's a nothing burger. 
<laughs> yes. Not uh, words uh, I would have chosen, but I understand exactly what he's, um, you know, exactly what he's saying. And uh, I urge your listeners, um, if they want to get a slightly more detail on this, to go and uh, just read the thread, the Twitter files uh, by Matt Taby. Um, and, uh, you know, you will get just a, a remarkable uh, download. And they're not invented. I mean, this is stuff that he's yeah. derived from having access. But you can't talk about it. I mean, they, they preach morality when they have been violating every tenet of public service. It, it really is horrific. It is horrific. Uh, what is also horrific is that we're almost out of time. Omar Khan, appreciate you coming on every Friday. Uh, have a terrific weekend and we'll talk next week. Look forward to it, my friend. Take care. Everyone will be back on, I shall, on the other side of the news. This is TNT Radio.